Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Hi, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like you've got something up your sleeve when you say hi that way. I know. I just want to catch you off guard. Yeah, you totally did. (laughs) Um, I've been thinking... Because, you know, we've been in this podcast for a little bit now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm really hoping that we're giving our listeners some great tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have talked throughout our podcasts mm-hmm. about our faith. Yeah. We've referred to it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and today I feel like we should do a little bit of a dive sure. into that word, faith. Yeah. yeah How does sure. that sound to you? Yeah, that sounds great. So in our last episode, uh, you poked me a little bit and prodded me, and it was felt really stretching uh, as I talked about... You were about, sweating. I was sweating <laughs> as I was talking about stress and mm-hmm. how it impacted my life. And we talked about some of the hard, um, risky decisions I had to make uh, for my own health. Mm-hmm. And we kind of touched a little bit at the end, but we didn't explore it. Mm-hmm that I really needed to take, uh, it was an act of faith. It was. It was. So for my own health, I needed to come to some conclusions Mm -hmm. and then just do the thing. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about movement versus action. Mm -hmm. Movement is all the, you know, thinking and research and plotting that we do around something. Mm -hmm. Action is actually doing it. Right. So I had to take some action, mm. and it was a step of faith mm-hmm. because I didn't have a plan B. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I sort of had to trust, mm. and it was a wrestle, that things would come together. Right. But I didn't know how it looked at all. And I'm, yeah. I'm still, you know, in the process of that. You're still living it out. And so today I want to talk a little bit about how we live a life of faith. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the stumbling blocks? Mm-hmm. What are some of the risks we have to take? And maybe some of the things where we just have to jump off the cliff. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was actually thinking about your story and what, and and, and those of us who, uh, you know, I've gone through burnout and people have experienced stress and, and how we get locked into these patterns that we know aren't healthy for us, but we feel trapped. We, uh, we feel trapped because of fear. Because of fear. That's it. And I, so I think that fear is a, a really big reason why we don't live in faith. I mean, faith just, it's one of those Christianese. Mm-hmm. I have faith. I have faith. So is faith the opposite of fear? Yeah, I think so. Well, no, maybe not the opposite as in, um, because acting in faith doesn't mean I'm not going to feel afraid. Uh-huh. It's that I still choose to trust. Faith is about the person. Okay. So like if I have faith in uh, that rickety chair not to break down, mm-hmm. then I'm placing my faith in something that's not really secure. Okay. So it's knowing God's character and his trustworthiness and his love for me that I can have faith in him. Okay. Uh, so it doesn't mean that I'm not going to feel afraid. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to hesitate, but that I say, I, tr- I trust you more than my fear. I trust you more than my 
understanding of the situation. And from that, from what you just said, we can have fear, sorry, we can have faith in spite of our fear. That's right. So we can say, I'm afraid, mm-hmm. I'm fear-filled, right? but I can still act in faith, exactly. knowing yeah. that God's character is true mm-hmm. and trustworthy. Right. I, I often use an analogy when I work with clients who have anxiety, and they're also people of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, uh, l- let's talk about you have a bridge in front of you. You can uh, read up all about the bridge, how it was made, who made it. You can even examine the materials that were used. You can study all about the architect and the company that created it. And based on your research, you can kind of go, I think it's a pretty solid bridge. So it's kind of like if you read the Bible, you study scripture, you know the Bible inside and out, you can kind of intellectually say, yeah, that's trustworthy. But until you actually walk across that bridge, you don't experience for yourself that that bridge is going to hold fast. Oh, that that's is, a good analogy. That it is actually trustworthy. So until we, and I, I don't think faith is just, oh, that's the thing that pleases God. I mean, it is. But like for our own benefit, because life is so chaotic and there's so much out of our control and there's bad things that happen, until we cross that bridge of faith and do those hard things we're afraid of, we don't actually get to experience how trustworthy, how steadfast, how faithful God is. Okay, so I'm going to poke you a little bit oh, today. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, my I love being on this side of the mic. Um, so tell me about, have there been times in your life where you felt a lack of faith? That faith was waning? Mm. Well, um, okay. Well, this is about the times that I got really honest with myself. Mm. Uh I grew up in a family, uh, you were three or four generations in of Christians, pastors in my family history. So I always knew about God and I always had, uh, and I'm putting this in quotes, faith. So I think at that time I didn't understand what faith really meant. Uh, I felt, uh, I was a little kid, um, bad things happen, you pray about it, God heals, God answers your prayer and off you go. So it's faith in the act of praying almost, mm-hmm. almost like a magic genie. Um, and uh, I, I've ha- I had some things happen to me as a child, uh, which I'm going to kind of loop back again as I kind of unpack this whole faith journey. And I didn't realize how uh, how much it affected my, f- my faith in a true way. And I lived more and more out of this sense of uh, anxious, fear-based, I have to be in control so bad things don't happen. Right. And, um, uh, but I was still worshiping God, reading scripture, praying, but I realized when I got into hot water with how much I was struggling uh, with depression, with um, um, anger towards God, with um, just when things uh, were going wrong in my life, Mm -hmm. I realized then that wait a minute, I think I'm having a crisis of faith. And in that, I, I kind of um, asked the Lord to show me. And, oh, man, I realized when I was uh, eight-year-old, um, our family went through a very, very difficult time. My older brother, who was uh, three years older, so it's my brother, 10, 9, 8. as the youngest at eight. Um, we were a pretty close-knit family, and he was my hero because mm. he protected me and took care of me as older siblings can tend to. Anyway, he fell ill, and um, 
he went into a coma and we spent a lot of time praying. I was going to a Christian school at that time. Like we were really Christian and uh, prayed regularly. The class prayed. And I had absolutely no doubt in my mind that God would heal my brother. And you're just a little kid. I'm just too. a little kid. And then I remember one day my, my principal called my sister and I into the office. And he said, I have bad news for you. Your, your brother has passed away. Oh, Barry. And I was like, I didn't understand what passed away meant. So oh. I was looking at him blankly. And then he said he died. Oh. And I remember the room spinning. I was in such shock. Oh, my. I didn't even cry at that time because I didn't even know. I just was in shock. Like, what? He, that's not supposed to happen. No. And I didn't know how to process all that. And that's a whole other episode to talk about grief. Um, but what I realized, um, looking back, I felt, and I would never have put that as an eight-year-old, but now as an adult looking back, I felt betrayed by God. He did not oh. answer our prayers. Well, you had all these people praying for you. That's right. You had all your friends, yeah. the school, mm-hmm. lots of church people, I imagine, mm-hmm. family members praying. I mean, yeah. what more does it take? Yeah. Well, because that's what God does. Isn't that what faith is? You believe in healing and then it happens. And, uh, you know, my, my parents uh, at that time, they went into uh, grief and mourning. And so they really weren't able to be present no. to my sister and I emotionally. So there wasn't a lot of uh, processing or explanation. It was just kind of like, well, your brother's in heaven. And I imagine even, like, we don't do grief well. No. We don't do death well in North America. Yeah. Um, so I imagine... There was just not a lot of even conversation about it. Exactly. There was not a lot of yeah. processing going on. You were sort of, you and your sister were left to just get over it in a way. Like, we were, like basically I got the message, just he's in heaven, shut it down, let's move on. Oh. So it kind of stuck in my psyche for years and years mm-hmm. and years, um, un, unprocessed. But what came out of that time is I developed pretty severe anxiety to the point of almost OCD. And I, looking back again at that time, I realized that that was trauma mm-hmm. and my brain reacted to trauma by becoming afraid. And I remember I uh, I got into a ritualistic prayer. If I didn't pray for all the people I loved every single day, someone would die. Oh my goodness. It's just like the, the thinking that a child had. And I never talked about it with my parents because they weren't in the space to no. invite me into that dialogue. And as a child, I was a very sensitive child. So I was aware of the stress that they were under and mm-hmm. I didn't want to add to it. What a huge burden for a eight-year-old yeah. to be carrying. Mm-hmm. And the weight of that, the fear of that. Right. And guilt, I imagine, too, like mm-hmm. if you miss praying for someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's huge, Mary. Yeah, so that I think that I learned to rely on myself. I, I, I started to buy into the lie that no one's there for me. So my parents were physically not there for me because they were just overwhelmed. I mean, immigrant parents as well. So they're working. They're just trying to make do, financially yes. strapped, all those things, uh, grieving. And they wanted to protect us, I think, so they didn't show us their grief. Uh, and then God wasn't there for me. Like, he didn't answer my prayers. So what what am I to trust in? Yeah. So as a little girl, I just learned I'm on my own. I better figure it out myself. And I learned self-sufficiency, which led into this whole lifelong challenge that I have 
uh, with not being able to ask people for help and uh, struggles being vulnerable and all of those things, Mm -hmm. which uh, actually is a very lonely place to be. If I'm really honest with myself, I feel very alone when I'm in those moments. I have felt very alone. I felt like no one's there for me. And that just triggers all sorts of... um, lies that I would have believed that would have created more Mm -hmm. stress and pain and struggle in that. Um, And so I don't think I got to face that until I was well into my adulthood. Yeah. Uh, And actually, it was during the time of my burnout. Part of the reason why I was burning out is don't forget, the lie was I'm on my own. And at this time, I'm building a thriving practice. I've got a young family. I'm involved in six different ministries because it's all up to me. And um, and you're not only you're building a thriving practice. You have employees. That's right. That are responsible to you, and you're responsible for. That's right. And clients. That's right. Yeah, it's all on me because, and it's it, and it's not that I didn't have faith. I, I, I had weak faith that I I I mean I incorporated my faith in my journey all the time, but I think it was almost kind of on the side and I made decisions that were like based on, can I handle it? Yes. As opposed to, can I do the impossible because God's going to do it? Wow. I can so relate to that Yeah, for different reasons, mm-hmm. but I can relate to that. I wonder how many of our listeners are resonating with that right now. Mm-hmm. So you come, you're in, you know, you're an adult, mm-hmm. uh, you're doing, you're in this growing stage of your life and you come to this realization like you had a crisis of faith when you were eight but did that cause another crisis of faith when you came to the realization that this is actually what's going on underneath yeah oh it was it was huge it was very significant uh you know faith was what this journey led me to see that I didn't actually really know God. Because remember back to my earlier comment, faith isn't about the act. It's about who you're choosing to trust. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know God because as a child, my perception is like he was a magic genie and he's going to protect me. He sends angels, whatever it was. And when that didn't happen, I questioned his trustworthiness because I was using the circumstances of my life. And the, the cry of my heart, as it is for many people, is why would God let my brother die. Like, yeah. why does God let all these bad things happen? Does well, he not care about me? Well, don't we still ask those questions? Yes. Like, doesn't the world still ask those questions? And doesn't that frame how people actually see God? Right. Like, I hear that all the time, don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. And and when I got to that place of burnout where I became really depressed and I had to retreat, um, I had nothing left. Mm. I had nothing left to give. And I felt like such a failure. I was letting everybody down, but I just had nothing left to give. And out of that, um, the Holy Spirit in me uh, invited me to be honest. Uh, And so I, at one point, and I'm going to get emotional even thinking about it, is I I just got to the place where I couldn't stop crying. Mm. And I couldn't stop saying, God, where were you? Yeah. And it came from, um, funny enough, reading the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus let Lazarus die. Yeah. And I was able to put myself in their shoes. And it's like, where were you? And um, I cried ugly cries, ugly tears. And um, 
I can't tell you that, like, the answer came into my head as, it, uh, as a response to that. But what I can tell you is that I experienced God's love for me. Because I let myself get so ugly, so raw, so like, this is what I really feel. I'm so angry. I feel betrayed. You weren't there for me, God. Yeah. And he didn't depart from me. And in fact, he drew close to me. And I, I, I actually felt his presence. And that was when uh, the whole discipline of uh, silence and listening listening prayer as opposed to always talking. So I talked and then I just paused and he spoke to me. He told me of his love for me. He kept telling me how much pleasure he took in me, how much delight he took in me. I mean, like, what? I just told you that I'm, I didn't quite say I hate you, but like you betrayed me and he's telling me he loves me. Yeah. And it wasn't like an overnight thing. It was uh, multiple conversations with the Lord because I just couldn't do anything else. And uh, in that, uh, I think I got to know God and God's heart for me for the first time in, in, in a real way. Wow. So that my faith became about Him. That is a really... Actions. I mean, as, as, as hard and as difficult as that is to listen to, it's so beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, in the story of Lazarus, we know that Jesus wept. Yes. It's the reference that yes. he felt mm-hmm. the loss mm-hmm. and uh, he wept. Mm-hmm. And then he dealt with the anger of Mary and Martha. Right. Um, before the miracle of raising Lazarus happened, right? Mm-hmm. And so you being honest with him like that, and instead of him turning his back or retreating or. Mm-hmm. Uh, running away, mm-hmm. he drew close to you, which right. is exactly what he did in the story of Mary and Martha. He drew close to them, even in their anger, right? even in their questioning of faith. And they must have been having a real crisis of faith at that time. Well, I think about it because Mary was the one who sat at Jesus's feet. Yeah. And yet, if you read the story, um, when Jesus is coming to town, after having waited until Lazarus Mm -hmm. died. It was Martha who ran out, not Mary. Mary stayed at home. And I found that interesting because if Mary was the one worshiping at his feet, you'd think she'd be like tripping all over herself to get to him. And so it struck me that he understood how she felt, that she felt that he had let her down. And abandoned her. And abandoned her. And then he said to Martha, call Mary, tell her I'm waiting for her. Yeah. And without a hesitation, Mary got up and she ran to him. So she had enough relationship with him that she knew that she could run to him. So she ran to him, fell at his feet, crying, like, where were you? What happened? Like, how could you let this happen? Yeah. And uh, like, we don't get the details of all that story, but we know that Mary and Martha continue to walk very closely with Jesus. And probably their their ministry and their faith was, was marked in unbelievable ways as mine was. And uh, so the, 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 the felt experience, it's back to that bridge thing. The felt experience of, for me, the act of faith was to be honest with him because I, I grew up that you have to respect God and you can't tell him how you actually feel and you shut down your emotions. So the act of faith for me was crossing the bridge with my ug- ugly, honest emotions and found him to be steadfast and uh, trustworthy. And so that gave me an experience of God's faithfulness, yeah. not just in my head knowledge, so that step by step, as I chose to 
uh, trust him with, with my thoughts, my feelings, but also action steps of, of faith I would take, my faith grew because I saw how trustworthy he was. It, it's not pain-free. It's not without suffering. It's not without uh, setbacks, but it's not about that. Um, and, you know, I think about in Hebrews when uh, God counted righteousness and he lists off all these faithful people. So Abraham, his faith was counted as righteousness. It wasn't his actions. And Abraham messed up. Like he mm-hmm. lied about his wife. Mm-hmm. He uh, slept with his servant. I mean, he did all sorts of things. And yet at the end, God says his faith was counted as righteousness. Yeah. And so we're getting this model that you can be, you can be raw you can be angry. Mm-hmm. You can be questioning. Mm-hmm. You can be um, you can be having a crisis of your faith, mm-hmm. and God meets you in the crisis. That's right. That's right. And whereas I think a lot of us, as you have alluded to right now, just we were raised thinking that we couldn't be real with God, mm-hmm. that we had to put on the front, that we had to be good, we had mm-hmm. to act a certain way, behave mm-hmm. a certain way respond a certain way for God to love us. Mm-hmm. And yet that your experience is telling you very different. That's right. That's right. And that grows your faith mm-hmm. because that makes it a real relationship where just like in authentic relationships between friends, mm-hmm. you have an authentic relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, the strength of our friendship here is because we've had honest conversations with, with each other. We've expressed disappointment. We've expressed even feelings of betrayal to sure. each other. And it's the capacity that we've each had to hold those painful negative emotions and still want to be in relationship. Yeah. That's what strengthened our relationship. So that's what makes me trust you so much is because I know you can handle it from and, me. And likewise, yeah. and that's why uh, we can go into the meat mm-hmm. of what we're dealing with. Right. Go past all the subtleties yes. and just do a deep dive. Right. And I think that there's people that are hearing this and going, that is actually the relationship I want to have with Jesus. Yes. There's an Irish expression, better felt than telt. Mm, yes. I can tell you about my relationship with Jesus and what it looks like from a faith perspective, mm-hmm. but I want you to experience it mm-hmm. because the experience is the thing that will help you get it. Yes. And it's uh, it reminds me too, there's the Hebraic knowledge, mm-hmm. and there's the Hebraic knowledge of faith, which mm-hmm. is the heart. Mm-hmm. So I can have this all the knowledge up in my head, Mm -hmm. but when it gets down to my heart, Mm -hmm. then I know it's true knowledge. That's right. right. And we want both because our emotions can lie to us. And so you want to be able to have felt experiences that's still rooted in the truth of scripture because that's your your balance to be able to say, what I'm feeling is is actually scriptural. Right. And if it's not, then, okay, maybe something's going on for me emotionally or psychologically I need to deal with. So my question to you, I guess, coming out of that Mm -hmm. is um, this horrible tragedy that your family experienced with the loss of your brother when you were very young. You've had other experiences Mm -hmm. where you've lost loved ones, Mm -hmm. your mom and your dad, Mm -hmm. and a close call with, you know, your husband's cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, How did your faith impact that time? Mm -hmm. Uh, walking through that? Mm. Wow, what a great question. Um, I mean, uh, that happened to me when I was eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, my crisis of faith and my burnout was in my um, 30s, early 30s, um, I think, 
doing my math. And now I'm in my mid fifties. I lost my mom three years ago and my dad this year. Mm. And uh, Peter went through cancer uh, the same year that my mom died. Uh, so all of that, that was a hard, hard oh year. Oh my goodness, hard two years. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, definitely hard two years. But I think that the foundations of my faith had started already back in my 30s. Um, there's been other experiences that I've had where I've had to, by faith, choose to trust God, and it's strengthened my faith. Uh, and so that this time around. Um, I never, I wouldn't describe any of that as a crisis of faith. In fact, I had such a knowing in my spirit, a peace that uh, God was going to be with me, that He was going to use this for good. And that even though I knew that I was going to experience pain and losing my first parent, my mom, that was really difficult, uh, partly because I was closer to her than my yeah. dad, but also because it was the first mm-hmm. and she went through a pretty excruciating long illness. Um, I, I, while I felt grief and sadness and emptiness and all of those things, I never at any point felt that God wasn't there. I never felt that he was betraying me. I felt actually that if God was allowing it, that, uh, it was my mom's time to go and that my mom's going home to glory, no more suffering. And my desire to see her not suffer anymore was greater than the pain that I was going to feel losing her. Yeah. So I think that um, the earlier experiences of faith, and and so if I can reframe it back to the listener, I think one of the things that all people of faith, if they're really honest with themselves, and that's the big question, is at some point God has disappointed you. Yes. He has let you down, mm-hmm. and maybe he has even betrayed you. And I'm saying this emotionally because I know that if you're a Christian and you've been doing this a long time, you're, you're rejecting those phrases because that, that's not biblical. I'm just talking about how you would have felt it. Yes. As any time you go through hardship. And to understand also that people that you're in relationship with have also experienced God that way. That's right. So when you come across somebody who's prickly or bitter yes. or yes. has walked away or not doesn't want to talk about anything to do with God. Yeah. It could be that they have experienced betrayal, exactly. loss, exactly. hurt, deep wounds. Yes. And so that's a time to lean in. That's right. Rather than to retreat. Exactly. That is so true. And so lean into each other but also lean into your own feelings. Yeah. Because had I not done that work in my 30s, because I I just did because I had no choice at that point. Well, I guess you always have a choice, but I chose to. I don't know that I would have had the faith to endure what ended up being a much harder journey because of the rapid fire, my mom, yeah. my dad, my husband's cancer, my, my husband lost his job. He yeah. was unemployed for two and a half years. I mean, just a boom, boom, boom. Um, Any one of those things is a lot. Yeah. Put them all together yeah. in a couple of year time frame. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, like that's a f- storm. Yeah, and and faith isn't just to please God. Like faith is our life raft. It is the thing that allows us to live life with peace, with joy, even during really really hard situations. It allows us to see those those 
gifts that God gives us even in the midst of our pain, whether it's a kind word from a friend or whether it's that delicious coffee that you just enjoyed or that sunset that you saw. I mean, being able to notice that comes with this foundation of faith. Mm. And it's, to me, looking back, it was so worth doing that work, even though it was having to get gut honest with myself. I mean, it, it's not pretty no, it's when you not. look at yourself. But I would encourage all of our listeners to do that reflection about how they really, really feel about God. As it, you just think about the bad stuff that's happened in your life and where you felt God was during that time. Yeah. And acknowledge any anger, any uh, betrayal, any feelings of abandonment, whatever it might be, so that you can invite God into that so mm-hmm. that your faith can be strengthened, so that as you continue to do life, you have resilience. I mean, life does have its ups and downs. In this world, we will have trouble. There's no way around it. Faith doesn't mean the pain and the suffering goes away. It no. just gives us the strength to be able to endure it. And we become so much stronger uh, out of the, that time of of honing and pruning. You know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about how resilient Mm-hmm. you are mm. and how your faith journey has grown mm-hmm. and provided growth in your life to create this resilience. Mm. And that's a big word right now on the world scene, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's a lot of what I do in my work with clients mm-hmm. is try to help them build resilience. I can't prevent the bad stuff from life at all. But if I can help build resilience to be able to endure and not just endure as in white knuckling it, but actually in being able to endure it with grace and uh, supernatural joy and peace, that would be great. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> just a little bit of humor there. Jillian is, is, is almost choking to death over there. <laughs> you go ahead and you can cough. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. It's a little bit of a, a deeper dive that we did. Um, But I think it's an important part as we move forward, like the fully lived life does require some deep dives uh, and some really important self-reflection. So I would encourage you in your self-reflection to think about your relationship with the Lord and where you may have those times of feeling uh, that He wasn't there for you. Um, If, as you were listening to this um, segment or as you're thinking about your own story and your own pain and the pain just feels overwhelming, don't do it alone. No. Uh, Do it with a trustworthy friend who can hold it for you. And if it's even too much for that, then a pastor or a therapist or a life coach who that, that would be their gift to you to be able to hold your pain and walk with you in it mm-hmm. uh, and give yourself grace. It may not be a one-time thing like it wasn't for me. It was a series of um, experiences and, and time. And I did lean on some uh, counseling through my time as well. So yeah. that's all great. And, uh, and just continue to move forward because the fruit of it is immeasurable and it's so worth it. And uh, I so appreciate you, Barry, just getting so transparent and vulnerable with us and our listeners, because we are here to equip, encourage, and empower our listeners Mm -hmm. to move forward with hope in their lives. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone. Mm. Uh, There, you know, we, we share our stuff and our pain with you, not to, not to for our own benefit, mm-hmm. but we want to share it because we want you as a listener 
to understand uh, that there is hope. Yeah. And I hope you felt that today. I felt it. Mm. I felt the rawness of your story, Mary, but I also felt the hope along with it. And that's such a gift to give to people who are in those seasons mm. where they feel very alone and that no one understands and they're the only one going through it. Mm-hmm. There are others who want to walk with you through this. And so reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, if, uh, you know, if you've got a friend that you can reach out to, if you've got a grief counselor, maybe you have unresolved grief in your life that needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's lots of support for that. So we just trust that as you, uh, we close out this podcast this week, that you will take the brave step mm. to reach out to a friend, a loved one, a counselor, a therapist for help in moving forward in your life. All right. Okay. Thank you, Jillian. Thank you, Mary, for being so raw with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.